Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Listening to the PB1 podcast, a seriously unserious show about the Canucks and their infamous top power play unit. Presented on the Dean Blundell Network, Ryan Hank, Ted Wong, and Bray Nurse will bring you the goods on everything Canucks and maybe the odd food take too. So sit back and enjoy the ride. We'll take good care of you. Welcome, welcome. Look at that to the PB1 podcast. Your Canucks are winners of two straight against. Montreal Canadiens and Ottawa Senators, but wins are wins, baby. That's four points they didn't have at the beginning of the week. We are proudly presented on the Dean Blundell Network. We are partnered with our good friends at Summer Skates and Manscaped. Oh, look at how I do that. I'm so good. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. Exactly. Ted knows what's up. How you doing, man? Doing good. What's uh... uh, Just watched a, a rare Canucks win, so that was fun. That was fun. I agree. I'm just gonna try to see what's up. How you doing, man? Uh oh, doing good. I did a double. Yeah. I did a. I did a double loop there. I'm trying to figure out how to share. How do you share YouTube? How do you do that? Mm, don't you go to YouTube and then copy the link and then attach to your tweet? That might be it. That might be it. So I'll I'll let you play around with that at some point. Um. Yeah. It's been not quite a week. Not quite a week. But uh, the last time we got together, we had uh, Wyatt and and Jay Bowman, Jordan Bowman from Trust yeah, the Process. Was that was uh, that was a different thing. And listening back when I was editing all the clips, that was a lot of fun. I laughed again, and I was part of it, and I still laughed. So it must have been fun. Just saying. Did you have a good yeah, time? It was a good time. Yeah. It was intolerable. It was. <laughs> I I tolerated what happened. Um. I'm tolerating what the Canucks have been doing. I think that's about uh, yeah. I that's mean, about all you can say right sure. now. Sure, it's fine. Sure, it's better than sure. watching the alternative. Uh, well, I guess the alternative would just be not watching the Canucks. I suppose that's probably more exciting. Right. Like uh, I was out in the backyard before we started here, and might not be exciting to some. Uh, I was picking up dog poop, uh, and it wasn't actually exciting to me. But here's the kicker. What's the date today? Oh, it's December 1st, December baby. 1st. I was literally wearing uh, pajama pants and this t-shirt. Probably could have done the podcast from my deck. It was that warm outside. Yeah. Like, yeah, December 1st. For a walk. It was like 10 degrees outside. It's Man, ridiculous. Like, it was, at some point today, it was like 17. December the 1st. No jacket. This is weird. This is the, uh, this is the new world we live in. We're eventually going to have Christmas time. In August, so it's gonna we're gonna flip, we're gonna flip, we're gonna have snow in the summer, and we're gonna have hot winters. Actually, I wouldn't be that wouldn't be the worst. Wouldn't be the worst. A hot winter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets you through, uh, gets you through this time. I mean, it'd be kind of weird. You have a Christmas tree up, and there's no snow. <laughs> celebrate Canada Day like the true, the true way to celebrate it in the snow. So maybe, maybe there is hope for global warming <laughs> if, if i were to if i were to say that global warming is a positive thing that that would be the one the one thing i'm <laughs> sure they get a warm winter yeah the 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 two million other things outweigh it so whatever it is what it is it is what it is so yeah, yeah. kind of nice being outside and it not being cold is it's it a good feeling good feeling yeah um the canucks winning two games in a row actually they've They've had a couple games beyond that. I mean, they they played Boston fairly decently. It wasn't a great game, but they were in it. And I think they've they've had better efforts. They haven't had like amazing output. The goal scoring hasn't been there clearly. Mm-hmm. I did hear a, a small clamoring for the moral victories for through some of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Remember when Moral Victories came out and that was a thing? Yeah, I mean, when it, when it, Canucks win this game, spoiler alert, 6-2. Yeah. Remember when PD used to roll out five-point games? Like it was no, no big deal. <laughs> Hughes, those things used to happen. Quinn Hughes had four points tonight. He did, yeah. He looked good. I think Miller had, uh, did he have three or four points as well? And then uh, Miller had a Miller had a goal and two assists. That goal was ridiculous. Oh, what and was? And then Connor Gar- Connor Garland had two assists as well. Shen had two points. He did. Uh, what What were you saying about Miller? His goal was ridiculous. This this goal. What? Miller, right back in. Miller going to the net. Great play. Great goal. JT Miller, what a move and what a finish. Let's do that without the overlay. One more time. JT Miller. Right back in. Miller going to the net. Great play. Great goal. I don't know. I kind of like the overlay. It looked like you went from one camera to the next. It's yeah. It's like those really... Classic Wayne's World. Camera one, camera two. Camera yeah. one, camera two. Classic yeah. when you have a really nice setup kind of goal in your in your yeah. home office. Like, yeah, I have two screens. No big deal. So Miller just cuts through the swath, goes one on four. Have you ever seen a goal like that before? It's, it's, I mean, it's just such dog shit defending by Ottawa, which is great. I'm I'm here for it. Um, but then it also makes you wonder a little bit why Vancouver carries a similar record. Yeah. Quick, quick shout out to uh, the people that are going to clearly roast us on this. Connor McDavid goal, JT Miller goal. What was more impressive? <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was great. It wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's what I'm trying to say. Now we have our own version, and I had to do a double take. I thought, wow, that was a great goal. And my very first thought was, if this was Connor McDavid, this would be on every highlight reel in every possible language that we speak in this country. And because JT he would have did it faster. I mean, you could say that it was Connor McDavid-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but is it going to get the same love? Like tomorrow morning, will it have the same love as that McDavid goal? Probably not. But you know, you're something if you can make love show up in Edmonton, national media wide. That's true. I mean, it is something if you can make love in Edmonton. Nobody's doing that out there. Mm-hmm. Pretty ugly place. Pretty ugly place. <laughs> so tonight, uh, whoever's tuning in, hopefully you guys uh, get some comments in here. We are going to give away to a new listener or someone that hasn't won or a new viewer. The three for one summer skate steal, and you're gonna want to be all about that. Okay, so tune in. If you haven't been here before, come on in. We're more than willing to help you out. The summer skates, so the Black Friday deal and the Cyber Monday deal, those are over. You missed out. You had an opportunity, but it doesn't mean we can't take care of you. So basically, you buy one pair, you get three pairs. Win, win. Like what's not to like? I've got. Jeez, I think I have three pairs sitting somewhere in my house right now. Uh, one for the backyard, one for the front yard, and I got a box of those black ones. So I got we got to start moving those. Got to start moving those. Do you need a new pair? Can I sell you a pair? Uh, yeah. Okay. Why not? Sure. Sure. I only have like four or five of them. <laughs> so what's 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 a sixth basically? Yeah, and I'm always wearing them. Do I find myself wearing them around the house? Like I got these ones. These are my work ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys did work ones. Those are great. They're comfy, hey? Like, they're, we're not great, just saying yeah. that. Like, they are comfy. I forget. I have my, my like, in-the-house pair, and then I have my take-the-dog-outside for, for a number two pair. Mm-hmm. And then I have my pair that I wear to the gym before I change into my gym shoes. And then I have, like, my summer pair that I wear to the beach. It's great. I mean, if, if there ever was spokespeople for a Summer Skates brand, I would say we are the ones. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Hands down. Um, I've been thinking about some things for the Canucks because I mean, I've got some time. I've got some time when when there isn't much going on with this team. You really got to get creative. Well, sometimes it seems like nobody else is thinking about things to do for the Canucks. Yeah, that's and that's and where that I mean the organization, not us. That's, I mean, if they're if they're tapping us on the shoulder, the problems are a lot bigger than we thought. So, um, this kind of got me thinking on on two levels. So we chatted about on our football show the other day about the Seahawks and how they haven't utilized DK Metcalf, right? And like how they're having yeah, to be... Yeah, we got a pretty good description of that when uh, we, when our guest was on, but yeah. Yeah, so they're having to... I mean, the ultimate thing is they have to get creative to make a guy like him work, to 
to be able to utilize his true talent and his running skills and his battering ram skills. And then I started thinking about the Canucks. So we look at what's going on right now. And yeah, things are like, they aren't the absolute worst, but there's a lot of room for improvement on the power play, on the penalty kill. Goaltending seems to be fine as long as, you know, there's two healthy bodies in front of them. And I was thinking like, I know they have these guys, like an offensive and defensive coordinator in football. And I know there's usually like a coach for the defense and usually the head coach kind of heads up like the offense, right? Usually. And then they've kind of got the power play kind of thing. But what if they had like dedicated, like, and again, I, I know these coaches exist, but wouldn't it be nice to know that there was more of an emphasis on each zone? Like we could actually see that working a little bit more. Oh, like to see them. Uh, it's so tough with hockey, right? I mean, the game happens with like a level of like fluidity and flow. Yeah. And I know that you can play like, you know, like one four checker, you know, two four checkers, two neutral zone, you know, one defender, like you can do three, four checkers, two in the neutral zone, one back. Like there's lots of ways you can do it, <clears throat> but it never, it's, it always seems like it's somewhat difficult to track. Right. And it's not like installing in defense and football where you're saying like, Oh, we're going with four linebackers or we're going to go with three right. linebackers where right? it's one I mean, play it's... at a time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's, it's just, um, and, and it's just like, it, it works the same way in football. When you see a, you know, you see a four, three linebacker go to a team that runs a three, four defense, and maybe he doesn't have the same kind of statistics that he did the year before. Right. Right. So, so it happens both ways. It's just, I think it's easy it's more easy to identify in football than it is in, in hockey. And it's probably different. It's probably difficult to make entire wholesale defensive scheme changes in hockey because defense is such a team thing, right? Yeah. And so everything's got to change the way your breakouts start, the way, the way you travel through the neutral zone, the way that you, that you enter the zone, the way that you keep possession once you're in the zone. So it's, Again, I don't know where I'm going with this, except for I feel like it's a little bit more difficult to track, and possibly it's more difficult to make changes that are ingrained into your your forwards and your defensemen's heads from the start of the season, or, or however many years they've played in that system for, to just start making changes on how you do things because the game flows differently and everybody has to be on the same page. So I guess my next question would be then, I mean, you're bang on on that, and I think it is tough to think of them as the same sport because you can't, because one is a play at a time. You can, you can game plan for one play, one scheme, one formation, you know, these are the likely outcomes, right? Yeah. But I guess at this point, so they call it a, a game script in football, right? That's like, true. That's why it, it does. And it doesn't sometimes follow the game script, but the fact that you can make a script for, for football, it right. Kind of gives you a lot of the information you need right there. Right. So I guess, if we were to look at this rationally, because we are two rational human beings, if you were to to say that, I mean, overall, two seasons ago, we were saying that Travis Green was a great coach and should be signed immediately, right? Everybody was waiting. He, we were Did waiting for that, that. I think so. We were waiting for that contract to get signed, like either, you know, sign him or let him go. And, you know, they're letting it go and go and go. And the team was doing fairly well. They just let it go and go and go. Eventually, they signed him, you know, basically at the 11th hour. So if the team, let, let's say that they do believe in him still. Let's just say. Now, I, I know you're not going to be able to make a wholesale change mid-season. But don't you think it would be worth working on not blowing it up, but seriously, like, making some some significant changes to how your team operates like you've had this same system ingrained could you not slowly tweak that and be willing to take maybe a few losses to you you think it just beginning a season or or nothing yeah of course you can i think alan vino was a perfect example of that right this first year taking over for vancouver the personnel that he was saddled with was i don't want to say incompetent but it was a it was a defensively minded personnel team so Everything was shots from the outside, block everything you can. Don't let anything get to the high danger areas. You're looking at Luongo stopping 35, 40 shots a night, but it was everything from the outside. And he got to the playoffs like that. Yeah. Enter a new, enter a new GM. You know, the Vino gets the hard up, 
the hard interview. I don't think anybody saw him surviving a GM change. Uh, he does the interview with Gillis says, look, the only reason I coached a defensive system is because I had a defensive team, get me some offensive players and I'll coach you an offensive team. And so he did it right. I mean, then the next thing that happened was you see, you know, Daniel and Henrik winning scoring titles and art Rosses. Right. So you can, you can change as a coach. I think that certain coaches probably bend towards a certain way than another, just like so many of those coaches that come out of New Jersey are all defensively minded coaches as Jacques Lemaire's of the world in Minnesota. And then you look at offensive coaches like Bruce Boudreaux or who's coaching in Washington or, um, you know, even Barry Trotz to a certain extent are guys that, that coached good defense, but went to offense. Right. But they always had that bent to their game. I don't know. We like, we don't know enough about Travis, even though it's been X amount of years mm -hmm. about what he can actually do as a coach. One thing we do know for sure is aside from Quinn Hughes, I think just about every single defenseman that's played on this roster has suffered from a point perspective. Yeah. So maybe offense doesn't come from the point other than from a guy like Hughes because you just can't stop ad-libbing there. Right. But, uh, you know, it doesn't, I don't think he has the best roster either and that doesn't help him. But I think, I think you can make changes as the coaches. I don't know if Dreen is that guy that can though. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? So you just, yeah, I guess... It's, it might be possible, but maybe he's not the one to carry it through. I, I guess the other right, thing, when, too, is like looking at the power play would be the big one. That's That would be the toughest thing. Well, the toughest thing would be five on five. I look at that power play, and it was the same thing. It has been the same thing for, what, almost three years? Like the same setup, this, that same umbrella. You know, eventually it gets to Pedersen or Hughes. Like it's ultimately yeah, those, it's, those are your two trigger men, regardless. It's it seems like they're trying to do more from the bumper there and it's not a shooting power play as much as it used to be, but it does look eerily similar. I, I know what you're talking like about. overall, part of the reason why, yeah, yeah. Part of the reason why it looks the same year after year is it's because of the way that teams figure it out. Right. It just looks like, doesn't it seem like every other team in the league gains the zone better than Vancouver does? And that's partly because we watch it so frequently. You know what? I think they've gained the zone and, and held it a lot better in the last year and a half. Well, yeah. like calendar year, I'll say calendar year, than than previous. It used to be such a struggle. Even Detroit, the the worst one and of it, the worst teams, was gaining the zone. And now I find, I find they are gaining the zone a lot easier. But it's just that again, once they set up, it's the same setup. There's no, they're not utilizing. It doesn't scare anybody. No, but and it's it's it doesn't scare anybody. It's too predictable. So I mean, so is the the. The Tampa Bay Lightning's power play, so is Washington's. Those are the two we always bring up because even though you know what's going to happen, they still score goals and they're dangerous and they have they have the guys to make it happen. On the power play, overall, I know Chason's not a great example, but they they could utilize their their perfect power play. It's just they haven't been able to, to produce on it, so they've had to change it up to have a guy like Chason on there. Realistically, they had five guys that can make it work. They just it just didn't work. So there's no continuity there. No. And, and, and chase on is a very viable net front presence. I don't care what anybody says. He's I not mean, a flashy probably, name, but yeah, in, in an ideal world, you probably don't want him on your PP one, but no P two. Yeah. I mean, or even if, if one is struggling and what you're doing isn't working and you need a body in front of the net, then it's chase on fine. Switch it up a little bit, but Vancouver's inability to react and adjust is has always been, I feel like the 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 kryptonite. Yeah, I mean, how often do you see Brock Besser get hit get his shot when it's usually Patterson, maybe Hughes? How often do you really get to see the kickback to JT Miller or Bo Horvat gets to really you know press down low? That worked for a time. That's when that that power play really started to go. Was that Patterson's rookie year when they really started mm -hmm. the, the click? And then it just kind mm -hmm. of faded away. And I think you can get back to that, but I think you need to basically break down what that that scheme is and reinvent it. 
And I think that's something you can do because it's special teams. That's not going to happen all the time, but at least you can work on like, hey guys, this is the new scheme we're going to work with. We're going to have some bumps and bruises, not like we're scoring goals anyway. If we can start utilizing how this works, maybe you have, you know, two defense, maybe it goes down to the two defensemen, three forward. Maybe they switch that up again and go back to like the traditional power play that we grew up with. I, I, I like having Chase on out there. And, and I think that having like a, a, a PP one with, with Miller, Chase on and Pedersen with Hughes up, up top. And then whoever else you need to throw in there probably works for one. And then the second unit could be something like, like Besser Horvat. And then whoever you think the second net front guy is like, maybe it's pods who knows, right. You know, maybe it's maybe, maybe Horvat's the net front presence and you're, you're, you're carrying on the wing, uh, a Hoaglander and, and Besser. And I don't know who's up top yet either, but yeah, this, this this loading it up on on everybody on one line it, it hasn't been working and it and it didn't work again tonight and it was chase on that looked good out there too so eh, yeah, yeah i mean there, there's just it's just everywhere right i mean there's <laughs> we're talking about the power play and it's good i think it's neat that we're talking about the power there's so many other things with this organization that are so screwed up right now that that seeing them win is nice but when you're like a hundred ticks in the hole with how you feel about your team. A win only takes you up a couple of ticks to get you closer back to zero. Right. Yeah. So you've climbed one rung, but you're still in that deep pit. Yeah, You're still at the bottom of the ladder. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I am always thinking about that system because I know there is, there is talent on this team. It's just that it feels like it's not being utilized the way it should be. I mean, there are more wins. There should be more wins on this roster than there are. I think is. I mean, the, the the easiest way to look at it is to look at is to look at teams like Detroit and teams like Ottawa and teams like Vancouver. Yeah. And yeah, Vancouver looks significantly better than Ottawa this this game. Mm-hmm. But one team had expectations as challenging in the playoffs and making some noise. Yeah, uh, at least at least according to, to to one Jim Benning a couple of years back that this was supposed to be the year, and one team is clearly rebuilding and is is playing around with a a, a fairly shit roster that they're in well positioned to to make up picks over the next couple of years. Vancouver doesn't have that luxury; it's got a bunch of expensive players on it that are supposed to win now, and it's not. So that's why people are really impatient with it. Yeah, um, the nice thing is that we are starting to see the the our main guys like the Bo Horvats, the Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, uh, Pet- Pedersen's climbing, but uh, I mean Connor Garland is like all those guys are still kind of keeping pace with where we're hoping they're they've been. Bo Horvat is still kind of he's kind of carrying everybody, not in the you know in the traditional way that a team gets carried on his back, but it seems like when push comes to shove, Bo Horvat seems to be there to to start making that difference. I mean, he had a great snipe tonight. Um, obviously, JT Miller had a phenomenal goal. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice to see Quinn Hughes doing what he's doing. Quinn Hughes is right at the top. Like, he's having... He's quietly, because I think... He's having a nice bounce back. He's having a good season. It just sucks that you don't really get to hear about it because we're focusing on all the bad stuff, right? But it's good to see that those yeah, guys I mean, at least are dominating. Or not dominating, but... 16 it's, points in 22 games, almost 25 minutes a night for Quinn. Um, Miller's finally just dipped down below the point per game mark. But these are also the guys that people are, are, are calling about. Like we're the Canucks are getting phone calls about about the JT Millers on this team and Brock Besser types and 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 even Bo Horvat um, mm-hmm. for teams that are and they're that are in the hunt that are looking for players that are close to expiring contracts that are contributing players on this roster and Bo's down a little bit, you know, six and six through 23 games. And that's not a regular season for him either. No, but these are still sought after guys. So uh, we know that, I think we've talked about this before. We're in this sort of waiting for the shoe to drop scenario Yeah, with, with Vancouver. And, and I think with the, with the shoe dropping, it's, you know, we know we're going to see coaches leave. We fucking hope that we're going to see GMs leave. Cross fingers. There's a there's a good possibility that we're going to see players leave this squad too. And if I'm being completely honest, like say it, I'm thinking it. 
if if I'm being completely honest, like nobody on this roster is safe for Quinn Hughes is safe. Thank you. Not a not a single one. Not not even not even Pedersen. Nope. Like, of course you have to it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to trade Pedersen, being that they just re-signed him and he's on that two year deal and somebody would have to take that back, but it that he's a valuable right com- offer. He's a valuable commodity on on yeah, any team. For the yeah, you're right. For the right offer, like man, n- nobody's safe on this squad. Bo Demko, the only guy, the only guy who is untouchable in my opinion is is Quinn Hughes. See, and I would say, and I personally would add, I'd add Demko, and not because he's not untouchable, it's because I don't think, I mean, Di Pietro just isn't there. I just don't think that there is a good enough answer without them having to pay for it more than they've already paid. You've got a guy that you can absolutely trust in net, even on a shitty team, and you can still be, you'll still be okay. Like the way he's been playing this season, how many times has he done the K tail patty stack, or how many times has he flicked the leg out or made? Like he's he's playing at an elite level. His statistics don't show it, unfortunately, because of the team in front of him. But he's having a pretty impressive season. Again, not statistically, and unfortunately, that's what a lot is going to be dictated by but game in and game out Thatcher Demko keeps the Canucks in every single game and so does Quinn Hughes but you're right I think I was thinking about the other day like I think someone floated out was it like Pedersen for Barzal or something like that and I thought I mean there'd be public outcry but at the same time like you know what you get in Barzal yeah I mean I think like he's a game yeah, they'd, they'd be, be pissed. Risk, right? yeah. yeah. Like we both sides would be pissed. I think the Islanders would probably be more pissed because I mean, he's done a lot more with his body of work than Patterson has, realistically. So I would challenge you on the Demko thing. Okay. And it's not that I disagree that, that Demko's not having a, a phenomenal season and looks like the unequivocal starter for this roster. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can replace you can replace a, a top twenty goaltender. Because you, not easily. To me, to, to me, there's there's better than twenty goaltenders in this league that can play, and a lot of them are on two teams. So, not easily, I think, is the key answer there. But I mean, you look at the top goaltenders in this league, and it's Jack Campbell, Cam Talbot, Miko Koskinen, Frederick Anderson, Igor Shesterkin, Tristan Jari, Vasilevsky's a big name. Yeah, John Gibson's a big name. Bobrovsky's a big name, right? But I mean, it took us until we got into like the seven, eight, nine spots before we found the regular suspects, right? Mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper's another guy. Like Elvis Merzlikens. Like you can develop goaltenders, and we have a goaltender whisperer on this on this team in in the form of Ian Clark. So, whoever Ian Clark says that we're going to have as the next guy, I would feel confident in it. And and whoever ends up in Vancouver, if it's not Demko, I would feel confident in. Obviously, he's here now, and if Demko stays, I'll be, I'm, I'm stoked. Right. But to me, to me, if if somebody is offering you something for Thatcher Demko, oh, it's going to be a, you, that's going to be a replaceable asset down the road. You take every phone call. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. You'd be stupid I to think, to not. I think. I think goaltenders. Oh, the point that I'm trying to make on this one. I think goaltenders are easier to replace than you think. Hmm. You yeah. don't even have to draft goaltenders in the first round to get really good ones. No, you don't. I think you just have to be patient or just know you what you've got. And develop them. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you can develop guys. doesn't mean they're going to turn out to be, you know, Vesna winners. They might just be a guy that fills in 50 games. Yeah. I mean, but I think there's lots of teams that would take a, that, that would take a, a Tristan Jari or lots of teams that would take, I mean, Frederick Anderson was a late round draft pick. Like yeah. Darcy Kempers, like there's lots of, Oh yeah, I, the list the list is there, yeah. long in the tooth for sure. I I get that. Koskinen. I mean, I don't like Koskinen, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but you're just I I again. My argument was that you kind of keep him in a position where that's one guy that it's one thing you don't have to fix if if you don't want to. You could you can you can fix all your forwards. You can absolutely yard sale it. You can get rid of pretty much anybody else on the back end, save Quinn Hughes, and. Yep. I mean, I guess if again, if there was the right, de- no, you need you need that anchor defenseman. The, the only the only, no, you have to because you lose that, you lose everything. On this roster, yeah, you can find it. I know what people are probably gonna hate me for this. You can find another Pedersen. Yeah, you can you can find another Miller. You can find another Horvat. 
there's a reason why this team has never had a Quinn Hughes, and that's because you have to draft those players. Yeah, you have to, and you can only draft those players with with high end picks, mm-hmm. or you absolutely luck out. I mean, Chicago had a pretty good run. Yeah, I mean, there was just so much talent in those in those few drafts where, I mean, they just hit on every single pick. So, is what it is. Is what it is. Yeah. Um, speaking of hitting on picks here. We're we're gonna make sure that you hit big time on Christmas. The old pick hitter. The old pick hitter. We're gonna make sure that you hit this Christmas for yourself. First and foremost, we're partnered with Manscaped, as you may have seen in the corner here. What you need to know is all the glorious things about Manscaped. So last last week we we're telling you four million people worldwide they trust Manscaped to keep their trees trim and their ornaments polished. All the products that Manscaped offered from their anti-chafing boxers, they wrap your presents in the most perfect way. I wear them. You wear them. They even say Manscaped on them, so you can walk around. Look at me, king in the castle, king in the castle. Who's sitting on a chair? Exactly. So like, here's, here's a few of the things you get. So you go and you get that performance package. And let me just find the picture here. We're going to give it a quick little, uh, where's our, our performance package? I think this is it. That's the shed. I apologize. The tool shed, yeah. Here we go. I think this is it here. Performance package 4.0. So you got the lawnmower 4.0. You've got the weed whacker. Gets in your nose hairs. I got a pretty hairy nose. You get the ball reviver. You get the crop preserver. You get a little bit of everything. So the preserver, basically, you got your ball deodorant. You got your reviver. It kind of keeps things feeling fresh. Your, um, where am I looking here? You got the Weed Whacker nose trimmer, which is waterproof, uses a 9,000 RPM motor power, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Not one blade, two blades. I'm going to get rid of this uh, picture so you can see my face. There we go. Um, Cleans up the chimney, basically. The Lawnmower 4.0, you can use it. It's waterproof. For the bla- Well, where, where am I here? The, the trimmers. If you're doing... You're talking about the foot stuff, right? They've got... Uh, um, which McCall the go for it. You, you've you've got the it's the foot deodorizer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So reduce foot foot order. Your the lawnmower reduces nicks, gets rid of all the ingrown hairs, keeps accidents to a minimum. Listen, go to manscaped.com, PP twenty for twenty percent off at checkout. They're gonna love you because obviously you know you're buying from them. We're gonna love it because we're take we're we're helping our friends. I've I've got mine. It's one of those things. Once you have it. You're set. You're set. You know what you've got. It's one of those things that some people are like, oh, it's not something I necessarily buy for myself. Ladies, go get your husband to, you know, say, hey, give me some Manscaped. Christmas time, you're going to be so happy you had it. So go over to manscaped.com, PB20, 20% off at the checkout. Your balls will thank you. And so will we. Anyway, that was fun. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Thatcher Demko. Um, it was funny because they played Montreal on Monday. Is that right? Yeah. And they fired Mark Bergevin. They've been clean yeah. house. They got Jeff Gorton, not the race car driver with a T. Jeff Gorton. Yeah, which is the guy I think the Canucks were looking at or may have at been looking point, at yeah. some point. So they go to the Stanley Cup final and lose. And they, not clean house, but I mean, it's getting there. You may not see Ducharme there after the season, right? Like you've you've got a they're, they're they're going for it. They realize things are broken and they need to fix it. New York did it a few years ago. Hey, things aren't working out. Let's trade Lundqvist, even though we didn't have a high value. But you know, let let's get rid of the guys. Let's you know piece everything out. Let's throw it through the chop shop. Let's rebuild. The Canucks have been to the playoffs what twice. In eight years, they've been to the second round, technically, bubble playoffs once. And Jim Benning continues to be allowed to be at the helm, which is unfortunate because I think you need a proper president. They they need to get back to structure. And I think that's I think that's the big thing. So Montreal's figured it out, and their owner comes out. Jeff Molson comes out and basically says, like, did you see that? This his presser? No, I didn't. Man, like I'd buy in. I bought in. I don't even cheer for that team. But because he came out and he he got ahead of it, 
He didn't let it dictate in the media. He didn't let it stew so we can all be talking about it, so all the Vancouver media can be talking about it, making it their their daily comments, their daily shows, where we start finding out or figuring out that maybe there's infighting in the dressing room or that this, that, and the other is happening. He gets out there, and he ends it. You're gone. This is what's going to happen. We're going to make sure we have the right guys in place, and we're going to get back to where the Montreal Canadiens should be. That's how easy it is. Like, it is that easy. And for a guy, like, yeah. it's Jeff Molson. Dude's got some cash. It, it really is that. I mean, we were talking earlier about the fact that uh, they let Travis Green hang on for, like, months without a contract before they finally decided that he was the guy and signed him, right? Like, this team is just notorious for taking its time and seeming like it doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not right? know? And, and it's, and it's, it's even, even PDs and, and, and Hughes's contracts, I mean, took forever to get it done. Did you know that they're the guys? Do you know that they're the franchise players? Do you know that you want to sign them? Then fucking hurry up and do it. Like even doing stuff like that doesn't play well to your relationships with, with players that are on this roster. Who wants to be part of something like that? If you treat it in that way and you're, just sort of dragged along. I'll, I'll, I'll use the green thing for the same, you know, the, the same idea. His, his contract took forever to get done. Mm-hmm. Everyone in their dog sees the writing on the wall for Jim Denning, but he's still here. They're taking their time to get, we even lost the race to Montreal for us to see who could fire their GM first. Yeah. Like what, I, what is it with, <clears throat> I understand that you need to be patient. I get it that everything needs a level of patience. But when you know the answer to something and it's very, very clear, I don't understand what the need is to want to wait for seemingly forever on nearly every single decision. Like it was like, let's wait on Toffoli didn't get signed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's wait and sign. Oh, now we got to sign Pearson. And now everybody wants that gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, hurry up and wait with the squad. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. And I think it's just so, so overrated and hype. And if, if, Jeff Gordon was a guy that you wanted on your squad. Then should have had him. You should have done it a while ago. Should have. Maybe he wasn't, but I still think in the in the in the interim you could have an interim and start dealing with this stuff now and get out in front of it, like like you said. It's your boy Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two podcast and DB Two Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Fridays. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly. And like Ian Clark, and you've got—I mean, there's it, the list goes on, and yet they get all their like their their tertiary guys. They're not even their secondary guys. Like the guys are like, wow, these are deaf guys, like a Jason Dickinson or a Tucker Pullman, or like these guys are locked up instantly. And yet you wait for like your marquee players, the guys that you will hang banners on the building that you paint on the the big marquee in the arena, all of your advertising, everything. And you're like, ah, we got to make sure it's the right deal. These, yeah, treated like it's your last priority. These are your guys. When you when you got engaged to your wife, when I got engaged to my wife, it's not something like, wow, like, like is she really the one? Maybe I'll, you know what? I'm gonna wait another year and just make sure this is a for sure thing. It doesn't work that way. If you know and you're ready, you just do it. You don't hum and haw because the next thing you do, you screw it up because you thought too much about it, and then she thinks. That you, you're not thinking what you should be thinking, and, and it gets messy. You do the right thing. If you like it, you should put a ring on it. Beyonce said that. <laughs> Dash Michael Scott. Dash they, Wayne they, Gretzky. They need, they, yeah, they, need, they need Beyonce here to be a... They do. Boss, they right? need yeah. Beyonce. The Canucks need Beyonce. There, I said it. It's official. Yeah. Uh, there was one question that I saw from the Twitterverse. Our good friend Steve uh, came in, and where is this question here? Does the two-game win streak of the basement teams give JB exactly what he needs to ruin this team for a little bit longer? <laughs> and the really sucky thing is, yeah, it probably does. Like, it's it's false hope. It's false hope. He now has two wins, so now they can go into the weekend riding a win streak. They're going to get absolutely pummeled against Pittsburgh on the weekend, 
And I think Brady was saying, is it San Jose's yet? Or no, L.A. So L.A. is going to come. They're going to wax the Canucks as well. And it's going to go right back down. We're going to start on Monday all over again. Unless you're watching Monday Night Football. I much suggest that. Do that instead. A lot less heartache unless you're my fantasy team. You you, you got to pull the trigger, Vancouver. Like You got to get ahead of this. Even though it is too late already, you can still make it happen. And we can kind of get behind that. Until then, it's just a mess. Just a so, mess. I'll... Uh... Conventional wisdom says, Steve, no, this doesn't change a thing. Management's going to step in. Benning will be gone. Probably green too, whether you like it or not. And there's going to be changes. But Mm -hmm. that's conventional wisdom. And this, this ownership group is anything but conventional. I mean, they just do whatever they want. And if somehow Benning ends up with some sort of extension from this, like it wouldn't even surprise me. No, that's how screwy this whole thing is, right? So I don't think that. Yeah, I, I don't think, I think that's going to happen. But I get it, what it you're won't. saying. It won't. But like, <laughs> it, they might just let it go for the whole season. They might just let it fester for a whole year. We don't. We have no idea. They might say, "Hey, Jimbo, we've taken away all of your all of your abilities to trade. You can't make any decisions without us. You're basically there just making sure that the ship doesn't sink. And in the off season, we're gonna." reevaluate meaning you're gone and jimbo would probably just be okay with that like yeah that was a good run okay thanks guys he'll just he'll just sit there and then who knows he's like these guys are like i i mean hate saying this these guys him and we sprout are like cockroaches they just keep hanging on you can't get rid of them and you know what's going to be the worst part about all this it's going to start affecting the roster you're going to get the ryan kessler situation Hmm. oh i heard you ask for a trade no i didn't yeah i did yeah i did it's already happening i'm sure it is yeah. Like we saw Nate Schmidt. You know what sucks? That we never got to see the real Nate Schmidt. Or that there was an opportunity to keep, and I'm not going to go there. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go to the Calgary and Montreal road of the guys that left. But you know what I mean? Like we had an opportunity. This team actually had an opportunity to still be relevant and they didn't have to go this route. And you know what? I bet Jim Benning probably would still have a job that we're not questioning as much. And I bet Travis Green is probably in a very different position. And think of all that. Think of where they could have been, where Aquilini could have been. He wouldn't have to be thinking about his uh, you know, his puppet in front that that is answering. He wouldn't have to worry about all that. He can go on. Yeah, I own the Vancouver Canucks. All is good. Things aren't great. But things are moving along. They could have had all those things happen, but instead they let it get to this point. So they win two games. Happy times for me and you. Sadly, this will not last very long. Is what it is. Hey, you want that shoot drop? Yeah, you want to do a quick dudes and guys? We don't need the segment. Who's who's your who's your dude of the week? Who's your guy of the week? What do you want first? Let's do guys because that that's always easier to do. Uh, I will say Canucks, uh, Canucks bottom pairing would be my dude for this week in all of their games. Just looked generally atrocious. Uh, it was bad. If they're out there, it's bad. We're, we're, yeah, we're plays go to die. Mm -hmm. Uh, just continuing to get exposed. Yeah. Uh, because there's nothing wrong with the guys that are there. They're just, they're just seventh defensemen, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't ask them to do jobs that they're not supposed to be doing and then expect better results. Right. So, uh, yeah. It, and it's not all their fault. Cause there was a lot of bad hockey on this, this team, oh, including yeah. some good hockey, but yeah. I, I'll, I'll just give it to the, the bottom pairing in general. That's fair. I'm going to go with, uh, Dowling after Who? tonight's game. Exactly. He was on a breakaway. He shouldn't have even been in that position, <laughs> to be honest. It should have it should have just been another player. Justin Dowling, I'm throwing you under the bus for really no reason whatsoever. Everyone is pretty much a liability in the last week or so. Things are getting slightly better. But you know what? I, I saw the replay, and I'm like, man, he just kind of came in there, one shot, done, see ya. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing to go there. And I mean, whatever, I'm... I'm grabbing it grasping at straws so i want to get to the good stuff who's your dude i think you should go first me okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with uh 
you know what? I'm going to go JT Miller. Yeah. <laughs> I think for all the obvious, the goal tonight was just phenomenal. JT Miller, his, his give a bleep meter is still very, very high. He's still vocal, you know. Surly. We are blessed. We are blessed to have that man on our hockey team. And no, we do not have the man formerly from L.A. who came over and I'm still bitter about. But you know what? We still have J.T. Miller. And as long as he's a Vancouver Canuck, things will be... You mean, you mean Tanner Pearson? That's the... Ex, sure. That's the, king right? Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of for sure. For sure. Nailed it. Yeah. I, J.T. Miller has been so much to this team, even through the absolute worst of it all. And, I mean, he's just slaying it. Dude's got 23 points. Had, again... You said he had a four point night tonight. Yeah, or, yeah, like no, just, no, 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 three no, point no, night. Sorry, Quinn Hughes. Yeah, just he was all over the place. JT Miller's he's so much fun to watch. Like his his aggress his aggression his emotion in in game is just something else. And like I said, I hope he's one of those guys that they do realize that should be here. You know, to to finish his tenure in the NHL as a Vancouver Canuck because I think uh, sometimes you forget you've got that that talented of a player on your team. JT Miller, you're my dude of the week, bud. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. Uh, looking, looking back here real quick. It's very, I may, I may have slipped up here and could have easily taken Elias Pettersson as a, as a guy of the week. I was thinking it. Seven assists, only 11 points. I was he's, thinking it. He's fifth in team scoring. He's leading the team in minus, minus rating. Uh, he's just shook, you know? It's just not that good. I mean, there's just... It's not that he's... Yes. He's just shook. Like, there is something there. We know he's talented. We know... He's a shell of himself right now, though. Yeah. It's something Something needs to just snap, or I don't know what it is. But maybe, I don't know, just give him, like, new line mates for the next 10 games. I don't care. Put him on the second line. Put him on the third line. And just let him toil away. And just get, like, those... Like, the garbage yards, you know? Like, get, get those garbage points... Let him start greasing out again. Just don't allow him to get that clapper off. Make him work for his goals. Because that's that's what he has that that has worked, but it's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Put me in, coach. Uh, my my dude of the week. I'm going to go off the board a little bit. It's just somebody. It's not that I I have noticed in the last little while whose play has really improved. Gone from about 10, 11 minutes a night to 13, 16, 15, back down to 10 and 11 for the last couple of games. But literally just looks like a very solid NHLer. And in my opinion, probably could play somewhere on the top two lines on the squad. And that's Vasily Podkolzin. He's been impressive. Um, yeah, he just, he. I feel confident when he's out on the ice. And it's it's very strange. I don't feel like he's getting himself into too much trouble. I feel like he's asserting himself physically. Mm-hmm. He is doing things with the puck that, uh, that you do when you feel like you got a little bit of jam in your game and and you got a little bit of confidence and, and quite frankly he 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 doesn't look out of place playing anywhere along the players that are on this squad and he seems to be giving more than just about everybody else save for a few players so uh yeah very impressed with Pod Colson's game especially over the last little week here when it seemed like a lot of players were mailing in it, it wasn't uh it wasn't VP whatever he's been asked to do he's done his shot is yeah. lethal like he has he has an elite NHL shot when given the opportunity. Yeah, it makes you wonder how how he was stapled to a bench in in, in, a, in a KHL game for a guy that comes in with this kind of skill and looks like he can acquit himself extremely well. Because he wasn't going to sign long term, and that's how the systems run out there. It's stupid. Yeah, well, it's stupid. Winning, winnings. I like winning better. Oh, I love winning. Winning's great. I don't know what that looks like, but I do like it. I remember what it looked like. I remember the good times and the before times and the, and the always never was. So it's been fun. We had a good time. Wednesday night, PP1 podcast. Connects win two. Happy times for me and you. Any final words, sir? I, like I, uh, I think we're, we're all just, yeah, we're all just waiting. Just waiting. And, and while you have time, if you have time, you should go rewatch Ryan Reynolds and waiting. <laughs> Could do that. We could do that. Was that the one where he's the the chef? Is that a different movie? He works at that restaurant. That restaurant that reminds you of shenanigans Ugh. with all the shit on the walls. Oh, that's a gross, gross movie. But it's a good one. It's a good one. Though. It's a good one. Yeah, that. Oh, now you I'm... watch Red Notice too. Have you seen? Red I haven't Notice? seen that. No, I haven't. It's like watching. 
it's very strange. It's fun. It's like watching five different kinds of movies all uh, at once. Yeah, I need to see that. We just we got we're we're getting there. We've started like a handful of things. Saw the new James Bond, so that was oh, that pre- was good. It's pretty good. So we're getting there. We're making we're making headway. There's a few more. Saw Jungle Cruise again. Great movie. Yeah, was it Daniel Craig's last? Uh, it was last contractually Bond. his last Bond movie. So the guy that they're rumoring now is is Idris Elba. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I really think they might go with, and I don't know her name. She was in the movie. But yeah, uh, that chick is badass. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. She did a pretty good job. So if she takes yeah, over, that'd be fine. yeah, I mean Idris Elba's badass too. So wouldn't mind seeing him take over the role. But you know what? Whatever they do, they do. I'm sure they're going to make a great movie out of it. So mm-hmm. this has been the PP One Podcast. On behalf of my good friend Ted, myself, I'm Ryan. We're on the Dean Blendill Network. We're presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, PP20, for 20% off. Take care of your boys. They'll take care of you. Summer skates. Nobody nobody offered it up. It's still there. Three for one deal. Hit me up. I'm Ryan, PP1 Podcast. Peace out. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.